Hello and welcome to another, well, possibly bite-sized episode of <laughs> Casting Views to tide us over for the holidays. But, well, as you may have heard from that chuckle, Lou's back. Lou, say hello because we missed you. <laughs> I am back. How are you feeling? feeling? Feeling better, not coughing every like three seconds. I don't know what it was in the UK, but we had like this weird bug going around that made everyone feel shivery. And gave them a horrific cough, which unfortunately I was uh, affected by. But no, I feel much better now. Haven't haven't coughed. We've we've just had what is a, a quite a nice Christmas. So you know, yeah, all, all all is better again. Yeah, we're recording this on Boxing Day, and so yeah, I was around yours yesterday. Yeah, we were due to do an end of year episode, which you were substituted by Antonio, so he stepped. In. Oh, it's becoming a regular thing. <laughs> Antonio's just like the third host to casting views at this point. <laughs> We did joke that we think, or I think, he is the um, the cause for like illnesses and injuries between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Convinced. He's a common factor. But you're feeling okay? Yeah, yeah. Feel good. Feel good. Well, as, as good as I can do. <laughs> Before we go into like the, the main aim of this little snack size episode, if we're talking about Christmas treats and stuff, probably not had a chance to hear it yet in the episode. I spoke about this was our first full calendar year, so. Just was there anything for you like a highlight and something specific you want to do next year or we, or you'd like to do next year? I think I told you what I would like to do for us next year. Yeah, yeah. But is there I, anything for the highlight for you? Highlight? I think some of our collabs have been brilliant this year. Last yeah. year, last, this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. But we've had so many good characters come on. It's been difficult, I think, to pick from all of them because everybody's been brilliant, but in kind of like a uniquely different way. Like you get your sugar-coated murders on and they are just like rampant fun for, well, what is for <laughs> us two and a half hours, but for you guys, probably one hour and 20 minutes that are listening to it. <laughs> um, you get Antonio on and he speaks in a way that is so beautifully eloquent about so many different things that I just feel yeah. like, the knowledge has blown my mind. So yeah, it's been really good. Super familiar with the Wilsons, brilliant as well. Um, really enjoyed those episodes. So I think the collabs have been have been really good. We've had some really good chats with with people as well. Yeah. And what about what about next year? I mean, I told you what I said for me was we'll take the the art one out of the way. But I said one is for us to record an episode actually together in the same yeah room. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like like I said, people, we do meet up with each other. We just don't record the podcast we together. Never record <laughs> together yeah. um, and I'd, I'd like to do something on the road. Yeah, I think maybe along the same vein then, I think some video stuff would be quite cool. Even if it's just us recording an episode together in the same room, but also physically putting video out of us having a chat. I think that'd be quite cool. We'd have to put our ugly mugs on 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 video, <laughs> though, unfortunately. So it'd be hilarious when we get our reviews after after an episode like that aired, being like voices for radio, faces for radio. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go on the road. We'll do some cheese rolling events. You 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 can sign up for that, and I'll cheat on. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, if you've not heard it, we were talking about Antonio and I were talking about sugar coated having done a book. And I think Antonio mentioned he'd like to do a book. So I said, right, we're going to up the ante. And I think I said 2027, the Casting Views film's coming out. Yeah, yeah. We need to have like a full production, like a full feature length film, basically, by by 2027, which I think is achievable. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, right. So anything else you want to say? Sort of Christmas, do you get anything decent present-wise? Oh, you're, no, you're do you know, now, aren't you? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to get to that age where, like, I'm not a child anymore, so presents become really boring and functional. So, like, I did get socks, 
Like this is okay, a staple yeah. of you becoming an yeah. adult is socks. <laughs> but no, yeah, it was just uh less little little bits and bobs really. Um didn't get an didn't get an alive cat, obviously. Um <laughs> oh, no no really. no Chris rip, no rip. Christmas miracles there. Um rip Billy, no. rip Billy. <laughs> And you were ill. <laughs> and I was ill, yeah, yeah, yeah. It couldn't, couldn't have been any fucking worse, really. Socks and being ill. Um, but no, no, it was it was good. It was, it was good. Okay, right. Let's get to what we were going to do part of the episode last week. And we thought, well, well, we can get a quick episode out on this. The World Cup is now over. The World Cup is over. It turned out, you know, if we take everything out that surrounded it, it was actually a bloody good tournament, wasn't it? Yeah, from a from a footballing perspective, I actually think that people have been talking about it as the best World Cup ever. I think from a footballing perspective, it probably was. There was no referee controversy, really. There was no bad decision making. The football was fantastic. Well, I think some people might have issue with the refereeing, but I think... Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, but if we're being honest, comparatively to like 2010, where a ball crosses a line six foot ten yeah, and then isn't yeah. given, like in the grand scheme of things, it was a good tournament like that. No, it was, it was good. There was a lot of goals. There was a lot of goals. And, fun fact, this is the first time in the World Cup's history where a Brit hasn't been arrested at a World Cup game, ever, for yeah, the tournament. It's the only World Cup where no British people have been arrested. Well, there you go. That's a record, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It was good, good Do we think that's because of the alcohol ban at the stadium? I think so, yeah. Or the fact that if you did want a beer and did find somewhere that it was being sold, it was like £12 for a can. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's probably contributed, yeah. But yeah, we had quite a few shocks which we'll probably talk about as we go on and there was also some especially in the group games there was actually some exciting games especially in the yeah. last round wasn't there yeah yeah 100 percent. it was brilliant yeah and and a cracker final but anyway we'll go on so let's talk about what you did the, the whole aim of this is we set oh, you a task yeah and i told you here's where i have to hold my hand up i told you i scored you and i realized i did for the group stages but i must have got or i must have said tell you what i'll come back to it because i knew we weren't going to do it for a week and then i forgot to do <laughs> Everything after the group. So you've got a score for the group games, okay? And that's, that's fine. Well, in reality, the group games are useful because I guess there's more of them and the knockout rounds are just, you're either right or you're wrong, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I hope I've got these right, but I'm sure you'll correct me if you remember. So I actually think you done. you did bloody well. You did bloody well. So we start group A, you had Netherlands and Senegal, one, two, and the actual was Netherlands, Senegal, one, two. Yeah, I think it was a relatively easy group to predict. I think that the the who was it Qatar got absolutely whipped in this tournament. First team to lose their opening game, first team the first hosts sorry to lose their opening game, first hosts to not progress through, first hosts to get lose all three group games. It was a bad bad tournament for uh, Qatar fans. <laughs> yeah, anything else about that group itself? No, by that, the Netherlands looked good. I actually did think that in our predictions, I said that Memphis Depay was going to score a lot of goals, but yeah. I don't think he scored <laughs> <Yeah>. once. <laughs> it was actually Cody Gakpo that got a lot of the goals for the Dutch. So, yeah. I was coming to that. I was coming to that. But, yeah. Okay. So, Group B, you said England-Iran. It was England-USA. So, you got you got the top one, right? I, do you know what it was? Is I I thought that Iran would get out of the group. I just didn't expect them to have such a bad opening game. And then after that first game, they were decent. Like they beat the Welsh. Did they draw with the USA? 
they finished on three points, so they must... No, they lost to USA. I think they it was 1-0, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, tight yeah. game. I just thought that they would have come out and performed a bit better. I think maybe had they not have played England in the first game, who were out rampant looking for a big win, yeah. if they'd have played Wales or the USA first, I think they might have got out. But yeah, I'm disappointed for them. Didn't your own keeper get substituted off? Because didn't he get concussion in that game against yeah, England? Yeah, he did. By his he, own player, wasn't His he? own player, yeah. He'd like knocked his own... like He'd, he'd, he'd like broken his nose or something, hadn't he? But his own defender... But yeah, it was very unfortunate for the Iranians. And I'm going by memory on this because, uh, you know, one of the things was uh, it already seems like a lifetime ago because the Premier League restarted today, didn't it? So yeah. uh, football's already back in terms of that. I think the thing with that group, it still surprised me, was how poor Wales were. So yeah, it looked like against England the first half. I thought maybe there might be a better game. But, you know, they finished bottom with one point. Yeah, it was a horrific shake. And I think it was the first time in, what, 64 years that they'd been in the World Cup. Disappointing tournament. You'd want to forget it, to be honest. It it was just bad all round for them. And yeah, I don't know why, because at the Euro 2016, they got to a semi. They weren't bad in the last Euros. They kind of looked all right. But I think it's just an ageing team. Gareth Bale's kind of on his way out and doesn't have that same like mercurial ability that he had maybe even a few years ago. Yeah, it was a a really bad shame from them. And the England, USA... Yeah, and the England-USA game was quite good, wasn't it? Was it nil-nil in the end? Yeah, England-USA was actually a brilliant game, much closer than expected. And I imagine that the American newspapers in the morning turned around and were like, USA wins nil-nil. Because <laughs> that's what it was. I think in 2010, when they played each other, it did actually say in the front of some American newspapers, USA wins 1-1, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. And um, funnily enough, for all of the Americans, you maintain your record of never having lost to England in a in a World Cup tournament, That's and true, actually, yeah, yeah, and of the three occasions in which you played, having beaten them uh, back yeah. in, I think was it the fifties? Was it nineteen fifty? I think. Um, no, it was so, a good yeah. game. It was yeah. a good game. It was a good game. Group C: Argentina, Poland, and that's what you had. Yeah, I think that this one was, uh, well, Argentina. I had to get deep anyway, and I think Poland and Mexico were my only two um, ones that could be switched. Um, again, quite disappointed that the Mexicans didn't get through on the basis of their last game because they scored an unbelievable free kick from like 40 yards. Yeah. It was obnoxious. And I think they just played better football than Poland. It's just, you know, by virtue. I think, did they go through on... Um, on um... Poland? No, they went through on goal difference. Yeah, goal difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is an unfortunate way, again, for Mexico to get knocked out because I think Mexico needed like three goals in the last game and then they conceded one, which made it even harder. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought that group was relatively, relatively straightforward. And Argentina went through. They, they, um, they lost the last game, wasn't it? So they won the first. No, they lost the opening no, game. No, against they lost the Saudi opening Arabia. Game, yeah. Um, statistically as well, is the worst giant killing in World Cup history based That's on the right. yes, rankings yes, of yes, both yes. teams. So based on the coefficient, I think Saudi Arabia going in had like a six percent chance of winning, and they did them two one. Unbelievable game, like. Argentina's capitulation at the beginning of the tournament, it was like everybody started to freak out, being like, how much money have I put on them? (laughs) (laughs) On to Group D. Big shot. Yeah, that finished France-Australia as a 1-2, and you had France, but you had Denmark as second. Yeah, only on the basis that in Euro 2020, they played decent football. They were a really good, solid team. And Denmark have always been one of those like second-tier teams that you'd rather not meet until the round of 16. Like You draw them in a group, and you don't really like playing them because they're always one of the stu- more stubborn teams. But it was a horrific tournament for the Danes. They were atrocious. They played awful football. 
they didn't get any run of a decent form or and there was just no single player as well that kind of grabbed yeah. the team by the scruff of the neck it was it was bad and you know who would have expected the Aussies to have have, have stormed through their group that's Never unbelievable isn't it that's yeah. unbelievable and I just want to say so I just make sure I said it right because I've written it down wrong here but the actual it was one and two for France Australia and you said France Denmark but yeah so yeah Australia to to go through joint points i think it was just they had a much worse goal difference yeah um, yeah yeah crazy group e now what a group this was right yeah unbelievable (laughs) so it finished japan top spain second you had spain germany which i think if you were looking at it you would have had germany go through right yeah although i get hindsight's a wonderful thing obviously but when you look at maybe the previous two tournaments in euro 2020 it was probably the worst germany team we'd seen in a long time they got knocked out of the group stage of their last World Cup. And in reality, this team probably was worse than the one at the last tournament. So they just didn't deserve to be there. They didn't deserve to be there, if I'm being honest. And the last group's root round of games in this tournament, at some point, saw everybody knocked out. Yes. Everybody yeah. through, which was crazy. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know how the World Cup format works, you play your first two group games and the third game to stop collusion is played at the same time as the other game in the group. So I think, was it Spain had took the lead against Japan, Germany had taken the lead against Costa Rica, which meant that both Spain and Germany were going through. Then the Japanese equalised, the Costa Ricans equalised against the Germans. And at that point, I think... Costa Rica, did they take the lead against the Germans as well? Do you know what? I think they did. I can't remember this now. All I remember was, because I, I think I had both games on, so I had one on my laptop for this, because yeah. it was the evening, wasn't it? And one on the TV. And yeah, as you say, every it felt like every team had every position in that 90 minutes or however long yeah, uh, yeah, they games did. lasted. Yeah, Unreal. Unreal. And, you know, what a result for Japan to finish top. I mean... Absolutely brilliant. And the and the fact, sorry, that the Japanese took the lead with that goal that barely was still in the line. Do you remember? That's right, yes. That was yeah, what yeah. it was. So originally, I thought that the ball had gone well out of play and they didn't show us any replays, no replays at all. But the referee had said that the ball was in the line. They looked at VAR and it must have been a millimetre. Like the Germans got knocked yeah. out of that tournament on the basis of a hair strand. But yeah, there was no sympathy here, though, because as you said, that goal in, was it the 2010 that England yeah, scored yeah. against Germany? That was basically, it, it couldn't have been further in the goal than it was almost, <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I mean? It was just loud. But it's funny, that goal you mentioned, I've never then seen on social media the next day men, as many people demonstrating with a ball and a line <laughs> how the ball yeah. was in, do you know what I mean? And so many, yeah, taking a different angle. You don't need far, you just need TikTok. That's all you need. (laughs) (laughs) Group F. Now, this was, again, one of the biggest shocks, right? So Group F 1-2 was Morocco and Croatia, and you had Belgium and Croatia. So on that, before I hand over to you, absolutely, Belgium, you'd have had hands down to go through. Yeah. But secondly, Morocco, eh? What a tournament. Yeah, unbelievable. Obviously, we'll come on to them later on when we talk about some of the knockout games as well, but... We'll start with Belgium because they were expected to do something. And this generation of Belgian players has been the golden generation that they've had probably for the last eight years. I remember kind of from that World Cup 2014 period all the way until kind of last year's Euros. And do you remember when we were watching Italy play Belgium, the moment that we thought Italy could win the Euros was when they were 2-0 up against Belgium. Because Belgium were the number one rank in the world. They were a fantastic side and they have just petered out like a fart in the wind in this tournament (laughs) they've disappeared 
into nothingness. This generation of footballers, all hundred million pound footballers, your Eden Hazards, your Romelu Lukaku's, your Kevin De Bruyne's, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld, and they have just petered out in the most like awful way possible, not having achieved anything. Really disappointing for them, honestly. Because it's... over the like the last ten years, they've had brilliant plays in all positions. So yeah. you know, evening goal. Oh, who was Thibaut the... Courtois? Yeah, who was the man? The Man City brilliant defender. He's retired. Vincent Company. That's it, Vincent Company. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of parallels to me of yeah that England golden generation, the previous England golden generation in of yeah. like the t- 2010s, like Lampards and and stuff like that. They they were kind of didn't quite get it over the finishing line either, did they? But yeah, this Belgium team, though, I think they were held a lot higher of opinion. Uh, and most people would have had them winning a tournament. Yeah, this is the thing. They had such good talent. Yeah, it, it just all went really, really, really wrong for them. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, midway through the tournament, came out and said that he didn't think that they could win anything because they were too old, um, which yeah. created a lot of disharmony because I think the goalkeeper then came out and said that he'd punch up anybody who'd said that about the, from that account. Yeah, it was just a lot of disharmony. And I think that there was so much expectation on them and they just couldn't, they just couldn't live up to the expectation, unfortunately. Belgium, unfortunately, kind of dealt with that same issue that maybe England have had where they kind of meet someone who's a big boy and they get battered it's just unfortunate that they're kind of end of their cycle now and they're just completely struggling to yeah. kind of find any it'll any be interesting to see yeah what happens to Belgium yeah now 100% yeah but Morocco credit where credit's due oh, absolutely sorry, yeah yeah finished the group undefeated and they were really the team that ignited a lot of the interest in the tournament. Yeah, brilliant. But they have some brilliant players like Buffal, Ziek, Hakimi, we know well because he was at Inter for a, for, a, for a little bit as well. Some great players and their goalkeeper as well who we'll come on to. But yeah, it was, was a really, really yeah, good tournament yeah. for them overall. Right, move on to Group G. So this was a, a Brazil-Switzerland 1-2 and you had it down as Brazil-Serbia. Do you know what it was? Is I just thought Mitrovic had been really good. Vlahovic at Juventus, like they had such good goal scoring talent. And again, they just had a piss poor showing. Really strange for me that the level of talent that Serbia had, the fact that they qualified in the first place meant that they had something about them. Um, but yeah, poor, poor tournament from them. Um, I have, think we have to give a bit of credit to the Cameroon Cameroonians as well for beating Brazil in their last game. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable showing. I think their striker that scored the goal took his shirt off and got a second yellow and got sent off and they just yes. didn't care because they beat <laughs> yeah, Brazil. Yeah. Like, what does yeah. it matter? Um, but yeah, the Swiss are always there or thereabouts. Um, they they had a, a, a decent, decent group stage. And Brazil, I don't think we were ever in any doubt that they weren't getting out of the group. Yeah, a couple of things on Brazil before we move on. So firstly, yeah, that Richarlison's goal. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. What goal. a goal that was. What a goal that was. And what was your view on the Brazil celebrations? Was It, it was in their last group game, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, with was the pigeon that? dance. Was it, was it Switzerland? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it might have been. Uh, no, the last game was Cameroon. I think they played... The knockout group was... The knockout game that they played was the one where they did the celebrations. Sorry, yes, yeah, 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 that's right. So... All right, we'll talk about that when we come to it then. Yeah. So the last group then, Portugal, South Korea, 1-2, and you had Portugal, Uruguay. Yeah, I think a little bit difficult with this one because I think they went through on the basis of goals scored, South Korea, didn't they? Because I think they had the same goal difference. The they ended up just going through yes, on, yeah, on yeah. goals scored. So, you know, it was a difficult one. Uruguay just didn't look very good, though, for all the talent they've got. And also, can I just say, Luis Suarez looked really unfit 
really unfit. Like he looked like he'd turn up and he'd just been on an all-inclusive holiday for like six weeks. He didn't look on the pace at all. And I know that he's he's starting to get a little bit older, but my God, it, it just wasn't a good tournament. Darwin Nunez couldn't hit a barn door with machine gun. That last game in that group as well, it could have been anyone at any point, I think, as well, couldn't it? And I, I remember... Yeah. Some people I was working with were really pleased, though, that Uruguay got knocked out because do you remember it was, I can't remember what tournament it was, but do you remember when Suarez handballed it on the line? I think it was against Ghana. Actually, it was against Ghana. That's it was right. against Ghana. That was 2010 and that was the quarterfinal because it would have been uh, Ghana's route to the semi that, that would have taken them through. But yeah, I remember seeing afterwards the Ghana fans were just like, we're going home, but we're taking Uruguay with us. Suarez is yeah. coming home with us. <laughs> Even though I think uh, Uruguay beat Ghana in yeah, that yeah. game. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of people being so pleased about that because, yeah, of the injustice that had happened in the previous tournament. That was the group stages. Yeah, you did pretty well. So you got Group A spot on. You got the winners of Group B. You got Group C spot on, the winners of Group D. Group E, you had Spain, but not in the right position. Group F, you had one out of the two, Croatia. Group G, you had one out of the two. And Group H, you had one out of two. So I think that's bloody good showing. I yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not 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 a bad thing. I don't think considering like you, I, I guess you're always going to get your upsets, aren't you? So last sixteen, you had might not be necessarily be in the right order, but you had Netherlands, Iran. I think it was actually Netherlands for USA, but you did predict Netherlands to go through. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I can't really remember much about that game. I'm not sure it was probably too much. What the in Netherlands it. USA? Yeah. Yeah, so it finished 3-1. I think the Netherlands took a 3-0 lead. The Americans pulled one back. But for me, whoever the Netherlands played in that game, if they were, if we were expecting someone, not England, to come second, I think the Netherlands were going to cruise through, didn't we, we thought? You had Argentina-Denmark with Argentina winning. It was Argentina-Australia with Argentina winning. So again, yeah. you got that. And I'll, I'll go through these. If you stop me at any point, if you want to talk about any of these, you had England-Senegal with Senegal going through, but it was... Uh, it was spot on. It was England-Senegal, but England won that one. Yeah. That one, I remember messaging you at the time. That was a funny game, wasn't it? Because I think Senegal came out blazing, didn't they? They did. They came out yeah. like they wanted to kill England off immediately. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what it is for me? With the round of 16, I expected there to be at least one shock. So for me, it had to come in one of the games. And I just thought to myself, Senegal African champions. If there's going to be any smaller nation, quote unquote, that is going to pull off an upset, it will probably be them. But England dealt with them very, very well. France, Poland with France going through. And that was yeah. spot on for the and, and spot on with the result. Right now, you talk about the upset. So it was you had Spain, Croatia. Now it was Morocco, Spain. And yeah, Morocco went through on penalties. Yeah, really good showing. I mean, they controlled Spanish well. I think that the Spanish had their first game where they won 7-0 against Costa Rica and everyone thought that they were going to play really good football. And I did as well, to be honest, I can't lie. But they really kind of faltered. I think that the team is too young. And Morocco, defensively, were unbelievable in this tournament. Like They, yeah. they barely conceded any goals and, and they held so firm, such a good unit. Um, and they deserved the win. Spain missed, took some of the most awful penalties I've ever seen in my life. They took horrific penalties. Um, and they just didn't deserve to be there, to be honest. Morocco yeah. was well-deserved well deserved win. I know it's on penalties, but they deserved it. They deserved it. Well, Morocco, they only had one goal against them in the group stage. And if I remember right, yes, they didn't concede in the six, last 16. They didn't concede in the quarters. And well, they they obviously got knocked out in the semi. So yeah, they they did fantastic. So yeah, that was the upset. 
Then we come on to another one. Uh, Brazil, Uruguay, you had with Brazil going through. It was Brazil, South Korea with South Korea going through. What do you think about... I oh, know, I've got that wrong, anyway. It was Brazil going through. Sorry, I was just sitting there being like, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I've done it, so I'll say that again. So... Don't worry, Lou, with some editing, nobody will know I've made a complete mess of this. So um, it was Brazil-Uruguay you had with Brazil going through. It was Brazil-South Korea with Brazil going through. So this was the celebration game, wasn't it? Yeah, they did like the pigeon dance, didn't they, when they were winning like 4-0 against South Korea. What was your view on that? I'll tell you mine afterwards. I'm happy to go first, but I've got opinions on that as well. Okay, so I don't really mind, to be honest. The Brazilians have always done it. They did, did you remember the the rocking the baby? Yeah. They do like the samba dancing. Yeah, the whole pigeon thing's stupid. Do I think you should have done it when you're 4-0 up against South Korea in a World Cup? No, probably not. If you've gone 2-0, you've won the game. Yeah, fair enough. But I think 4-0 was a little, or when it was, was it 4-0 when it it happened? I think it was a little bit disrespectful. But I've I've not really got a major problem with it. We know what they're like. They love the samba dancing. It's just the way the Brazilians are. And we also kind of love them for it. Like, if they'd have done that to the Germans, do you think anybody in this country would have cared? No. (laughs) So, you know, this is the thing. My view on it is that I wasn't against them doing it. Like you said, I think doing it on the fourth goal felt a bit much. Yeah. I think. But for me, what I didn't like was the them, the manager getting involved. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Now, people on the radio were trying to defend and say, you don't know why they did that might be a reason. I, for me, I, it, I don't care. I think the manager doing it just feels there's a bit of a line that was crossed. And I don't know why. It feels unprofessional for the manager. Yeah, I think as well, that's probably why in like the UK, like, like a lot of people have got criticism of Jurgen Klopp because he'll like run up and down a touchline and like he ran on the pitch to celebrate with um, his players when they like scored a last gasp winner or something against Everton or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand why people think that. And also, he's like a 60 year old bloke, like you should be more composed. You're at a World Cup and you've not played anyone big yet. So yeah, if you go out and slam Argentina 4 0, pigeon dance over everyone, like honestly, you can do whatever you like. But it's South Korea, it's the quarterfinal, you've still got games to play, you should be careful, which we'll get on to. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and I wonder what happens to them next. I think I've, I've really got myself messed up. So you had Belgium, Germany, but it was Morocco, Spain, which I yeah. think we discussed one on penalties. And the last one you had was Portugal, Serbia, with Portugal going through. It was Portugal, Switzerland, with Portugal going through. Yeah, it was an absolute massacre. The Portuguese scored six yeah, goals. Six one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't a challenge for them at all. Although Cristiano Ronaldo was benched for this game. That's right, and that's when it kind of all started, wasn't it? And yeah, people were saying the... maybe that's the best thing they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, although foreshadowing, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so into the quarterfinals, you had Netherlands-Argentina with Argentina going through, and that's exactly what happened. And this was a fiery game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you know what? A lot of people blamed it on the Argentinians. However, the Dutch have always been dirty. I really didn't like the narrative that spun around the Argentinians. The Dutch have always been dirty. If you Google, and you can you can Google this in your free time if anybody's listening, or if you're listening, Google it now, the Battle of Nuremberg, you don't get some sort of World War II historical page. <laughs> you get a game between the Netherlands and Portugal in World Cup 2006 in which 22 yellow cards were handed out and four players were sent off. And the Dutch, if we remember right, if we remember again, in 2010, um, Nigel de Jong nearly tried to kill yeah. Shabby Alonso with a Kung Fu kick. Mark Van Bommel 
yeah, they the Dutch literally came out to kick the utter shit out of the Spanish in a World Cup final, and it's happened again. And I just thought to myself, the Argentinians committed less fouls, um, but got booked more. The, the Dutch got like 30 fouls, I think they conceded, and like seven yeah. bookings. They were really dirty. Um, it was also unbelievable because the Argentinians took a 2-0 lead. And then was it in the 100 and, in the 10th minute of stoppage time, the Dutch scored their equaliser, I think, wasn't it? Let me, I'll find that out. Because I think it ended up, it ended on uh, penalties. So yeah, sorry, it was. Uh... Yeah, so it was, it was one, Argentina scored in the 35th and 73rd minute. And then it was the 80th, uh, they equalised. So it was 83rd minute for their first goal and 90 plus 11 minutes for their second. And the thing is, there was only 10 minutes of stoppage time on the board. So they played the minute. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was a free kick, unbelievable. And it, if you're Argentinian, you must have thought they're going to snatch it away from us at the at the death. Yeah. But the Argentinians dispatched their penalties. Emi Martinez put up a good goalkeeping performance, yeah. and uh, Lionel Messi got into it with uh, the the Dutch manager during the interview, That's which right, was yeah. also quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, great game. My thing on this was I didn't see it, and I thought, yeah, it looked like it was the Argentinians had big, but then it. I think I saw some highlights and there was something with a Dutch player earlier on. And was this the game? Was it the Argentinian player kicked the ball into the Dutch? He did, yeah. Paredes. Reserves, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. He, he committed a really bad challenge, then committed another bad challenge and then just punted the ball full pelt into the Dutch bench. It was hilarious. But yeah, I think they probably should. I think a, a player got sent off from the bench like after extra time had finished uh, but yeah. there probably should have been some more send-ins off during that game yeah. yeah probably right Senegal France with France going through it was England France but with France going through so you got that so anything on this game um it was it was a difficult one England seemed to play good football to be fair I think that on the basis of the way that they played I would say that England were better I think France just had better chances like their Dia and and a lot of people complained about Jordan Pickford for the first goal, but it's their defensive midfielder pinging a ball from twenty five yards. Mm. He's put it dead in the corner from a corner. I just think to myself, what do you want him to do? The second goal as well. England got a bit of a warning for because it literally happened exactly the same, but from the other side of the pitch. That cross into Giroud, Pickford pulled off an amazing save, and the story of the day was just Harry Kane sending his ball into orbit. Like he, he, England, he, England scored with a penalty. Was it to equalise? I think wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the French went two one up, and I think in like the eightieth minute or like seventy fifth minute there or thereabouts, England had another penalty. Harry Kane, um, and he's just absolutely skied it. I just don't know how yeah. he's put the ball that high because when he takes them for club, you can be guaranteed that he's bearing a penalty. Like I have no doubt in my mind. If he misses one, I'm like that's one in a hundred for me. But he just put it so far over the bar. Yeah, I said this to somebody at work. I said, if you had to have a penalty taken, you would absolutely go for Harry Kane. Yeah. I've seen a lot since then. They were talking about psychiatry or psychologists, sorry, looking at it, saying he needed protection. Henderson, I think it was, had come off and he had no one doing that job. And people saying, should you take a second penalty? People throughout history have taken more than one penalty in games and scored them. And yeah. spoiler alert, Mbappe in the final yeah. scored three penalties. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, and yeah. each and every one, he looked calm as fuck. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He missed a penalty. I think it's as simple as that. You know, I don't yeah. think, you know, he should be blasted for it. And in the end, these things happen. It's, it's a penalty. Maybe uh, the only thing you could argue, was he going through? Should he put it in the same place or not? And Yeah. And this is the thing, like the greatest players in the world have missed them. Roberto Baggio handed Baggio, Brazil a World Cup yeah. in the World Cup final like that he he single-handedly dragged Italy kicking and screaming by the hair to that World Cup yeah, final yeah. 
and was the one that put the trophy in the Brazilian's hands. I think, yeah, he's, whether the pressure's Gareth got to Southgate, him or not. Mr. Southgate, Mr. Waddle. Yeah, yeah, Waddle, yeah, my God. There has been huge players that have missed. And Messi's missed penalties. Ronaldo misses penalties. It's just unfortunate that he's missed it in this game. Because yeah. if it happens in a group game against Iran, everybody forgets about it. But this yeah, is the yeah, difference yeah. between making it 2-2, isn't it? So, yeah, it was it was unfortunate for England. Okay. And this was actually it was a game where... Because I think a player who had a decent tournament was Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, he did. He yeah, and he yeah. could have got he could have got two or three goals if I remember right. In yeah, this he game. clipped the, he clipped the post, didn't he? Which yeah, he came yeah. really really close. Yeah, Harry Maguire had a good tournament, and I think we've talked about it before. He's just heard that TikTok sound so many times. Yeah. Harry, Harry Maguire. Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was like, "No more of this compilation bullshit for me." <laughs> no, but he had yeah, he was one of the better, the better players. Yeah, okay. So that was obviously the England's final game in the tournament. Belgium v Portugal with Portugal going through. It was actually Morocco v Portugal with Morocco going through. Yeah, again, the run continued. They turned around and kept Ronaldo on the bench. They didn't score. And do you know what was really frustrating about this game? So I think the Moroccans scored in like the 45th minute. And Portugal all of a sudden turned it on. Like it, they hit the crossbar with Bruno yes, Fernandes. Yao right, Felix yeah. had a couple of chances. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, when you play smaller teams in a World Cup, you need to go out and get the job done because the longer the game goes on, the more dangerous it is for you as a big boy because the goal that they might score becomes worth more if you've only got 20 minutes left. And that's what they failed to do. They were one of the big teams that failed to get the job done early. The Argentinians, they go and score two against Australia. The French scored their three against Poland. England scored their three against Senegal. Morocco were huge underdogs. They do not have the quality that Portugal had. They shouldn't have won that game, in reality, if we're being honest about it. But it's because Portugal did not go out to turn around and be like, we're going to put it past them before they get the chance. And then Morocco holding on for 45 minutes is so much easier than them having to hold on for 90. And the Portuguese just couldn't get through. The Moroccan defence held firm and they deserved it. Again, Cristiano Ronaldo came on and had 20 minutes, I think, to make an impact. Now, if you were asking the Portuguese manager if he would have wanted to have started Cristiano Ronaldo, I probably would have said yes, because in reality, if you didn't, if imagine if England had not started Harry Kane against the French yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and had lost, that would have been the criticism, because if you have your best players, you should play them. I know that form yeah. counts for a lot, but your best players are your best yeah. players for a reason, you know. Well, there was a lot going on with him as well, wasn't there? There was like a supposed falling out, I think, with him. Then there was the whole falling out with the club and him being released from his contract. But yeah, that's probably another uh, episode. Right. The semis, I think we can gloss over because I think it was fairly standard. So you had Argentina, Brazil, which would have been a lovely one. Yeah. Sorry, you you had Argentina, Brazil with with Argentina, but it was Argentina, Croatia with Argentina going through. And you had France v Portugal with Portugal going through and it was France, Morocco with Morocco seeing the end of their tournament against France with a 2-0 defeat there. Sorry, did we talk about Brazil versus Croatia? Did I miss that one out? I think we missed Brazil versus Croatia. Sorry. That was was in the court. Sorry, in the quarterfinals. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's Christmas. I've had too much joy (laughs) in drinks. But yeah, anyway. Oh my God. The Brazilians (laughs) got beaten by the Croatians. (laughs) Apparently so. Yeah. And sorry, because we were going to talk about it, weren't we? Because that's why they got their comeuppance for the whole chicken dance That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or pigeon dance. Um, Yeah, it was a game where the Croatians are a stubborn team to play football against. Technically, they are quite good players the Croatians have always had decent teams as well they're a team that that are kind of again one of those ones that you'd rather avoid um, if you had the the facility in favor of someone like a Canada or whoever it might be Um, 
But I think it was a little bit of Brazilian arrogance, to be honest with you. I think the Brazilians went into this tournament and they were favourites because they're always favourites. And I've mm. never understood why. Like, the team is young, right? They've got very inexperienced players comparatively to the teams that were maybe in 2006, 2010. I didn't expect Brazil to win this tournament. I didn't think that they would win this tournament. And I think that the arrogance got to them. They It went to extra time. Neymar scored his goal in the 115th minute, or 105th minute, sorry. And they had 15 minutes to play, and I think they thought they'd won it. They had 15 minutes to play, and the Croatians were never going to give up because for the Croatians, it is do or die for them at that point. They scored a deflected equaliser in like the 117th minute, and then Brazilians missed their penalties. So for me, I think that they were well-deserved to get knocked out by the Croatians. It was a bit of arrogance, and also it serves them right for dancing on the South Koreans at (laughs) 4-0. Yeah, the the thing about Brazil, and I think, I can't remember if we said it in our preview of the tournament, but there are a couple of teams like, Brazil, like I think Argentina, who live off, or even sort of Germany, who live off their previous accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. I think with Brazil, you could argue they did look good in a few, in a, in a couple of the games. I mean, against South Korea, they looked brilliant that first half, anyway. And yeah. in one of the group games or a couple of group games, they looked good. They did look good going forwards, and Richarlison did look like he was on, um, like he wanted to do some damage in this tournament. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, I think one, they, it's two things. Yeah, maybe there was complacency and two, Croatia are a stubborn and a good team. But yeah. you couldn't have written it better that they did all that dancing and there was so much criticism of the dancing against South Korea to then get knocked out in the next game. It, yeah, you couldn't, yeah. You couldn't write 100%. that, could you? And, you know, maybe we, maybe we underestimated the Croatians because they were finalists four years ago. You know, they lost yeah, a final yeah. 4-2 against France, but they were finalists. So... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I, I think that the Brazilians were also a younger team and I think it was just a bit of arrogance and complacency that got to them. Yeah, right. Now you can go to the semis. <laughs> well, no, no, we've done the semis, haven't we? Yeah, so Argentina 3, Croatia 0, France 2, Morocco 0. I can't yeah. mess this up now because there's only two games left. So the third place playoff was Croatia 2, Morocco 1. So Croatia finished third. Yeah. And the final, which we'll talk about, it was Argentina France, I think you had the final to be Argentina-Portugal with Argentina. I think you were going, you went for the romantic element there, didn't you? To yeah, I, I, and, I do want yeah. to caveat it. I did say, if you believe in football romanticism, it will be Argentina-Portugal set up for them. Reasonably. I would have which would have been France. great. Which yeah, would it would have been fantastic. Reasonably, I thought France were probably going to get there, but I can't change yeah. it now, can I? So Yeah, it was Argentina-France. Uh, finished 3 all with Argentina winning on penalties. Now, I'll talk about my experience of the game because I was out, unfortunately, during the game. But <laughs> what what a final, though, eh? Greatest World Cup final ever. It's yeah. not, I don't think it's, there's even a doubt. It had absolutely six everything. Six, yeah, goals. six goals in a final. And you know what? Argentina, I I, I think I, I, I sent this around in a, like a work sweepstakes email at the end because I was organising it. I turned around and said, Argentina played the perfect game of football for 80 minutes. It's just unfortunate that the referee blows after 90. Yeah. (laughs) Because for 80 minutes, every pass at the back line where they were under pressure was accurate. They didn't miss a pass. They didn't pump the ball forward once. Everything was calm, collected. It was the perfect game of football for 80 minutes. Written in the stars, Leo Messi lifts his trophy. And then it was capitulation. It was yeah. crazy. Just to clarify, so Argentina went 2-0 up in the 23rd minute and then the 36th minute. Then France equalised within a minute or two minutes. There was a Kylian Mbappe goal. It was a penalty in the 80th minute and then he scored in the 81st minute. 93 seconds between the two goals. 
then Messi got a goal in the 108th minute and Mbappe got another penalty in the 182. So, I mean, excitement, man. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It just seemed, for me, going into this tournament, I thought to myself, Argentina were the Copa America champions. And for me, European football at the minute is a bit rigid. Like the European teams are all a bit stiff, I think, with the way that they play football. Like they're not very, like they can't change up the system and be free-flowing like a lot of the South Americans can be. Because if we're going into a tournament, if we're being honest, I'd rather play a Poland than a Chile. I'd rather play a Serbia than a Paraguay because the South American teams are more dangerous. But yeah, Argentina played a perfect game of football and then it just felt like all of a sudden Mbappe had turned up and was just going to rip the dreams from all of the football. And he His was unbelievable. Goal. That equalising goal. Yeah. What a goal. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And when he took it and it went in, I had Argentina in one of our sweepstakes as well, which is terrible. <laughs> um, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe they're snatching it away. Um, and then for 10 minutes until the end of the game, the Argentinians were holding on. They didn't know what to do. And you know what? You've got to credit Didier Deschamps, the French manager, because in the 40th minute, he took both his strike. He took two strikers off. He took Dembele off and Giroud off. He said, we have not got time to leave you on for 10 minutes and see if you work. We are changing this now. And the French looked different when they came out in the second half. Which is a criticism I'm now seeing retrospectively of Southgate saying that his game management and substitutions isn't where it should be. Yeah, that's what the criticism's always been. He doesn't make the changes where he needs to make the changes and he's not proactive. And a lot of people turned around and said, well, no manager's proactive because how can you turn around and be proactive? Because you're always reacting to something in a game. No, Deschamps looked at it and said, these players are not working. I'm not here to yeah. fuck about and wait to see if they do work at some point. They are coming off because if I don't change this now, I've only got 20 minutes to let them change it later and on this and is, this is a player Giroud who was having a really good tournament as well yeah he, he scored yeah I think he was was he on four goals I think he'd scored think four so, goals yeah, yeah, Usman yeah. Dembele who he took off as well had had a really good tournament up until that point but he said no fuck that we're changing this because it won't work we haven't got 45 minutes to save ourselves this is what's happening and it worked I got a credit in for the bravery because it, it was good decision making see for me this final was funny so I was out so months ago uh, my partner asked me should we go watch Carol service in London because she'd always she wanted to see a carol service in London so we went to the Royal Albert Hall I said yeah well I didn't know at the time and, and she didn't know either to be fair it was on the same day and at the same time as the final <laughs> so anyway at the interval of that I looked and I saw Argentina 2-0 up and I thought well do you know what that, that's it it's done right? yeah the event finishes I see it's 2 all I'm thinking, shit, there's a game. I said, right, I've got to try get home. If I can get home without finding a result, I'll watch it live. Yeah. Well, I, I was recording it. I thought, I'll watch it from that. We're on the train and I thought, there's no way. I got through the tube and it was packed without hearing. I thought, I'm going to do this. I got on the train and it was quiet. I thought, I'm going to do this, right? We moved from the first carriage works. It was, it was like really crowded. I get there, sit down. And within about five minutes, the kid opposite, just says one line. He just says, oh, Argentina. Uh, yeah, Argentina one. And that was it. Didn't say anything else. It's not like he was saying that they were having a then full-on conversation about it. It was just a one throwaway line, Argentina have won it. But I watched it anyway. And I mean, yeah, for me, a few things. Yeah, I mean, one, what a game. Two, yeah. Mbappe, that second goal. Three, at his age, to score like a hat-trick. And then 
yeah. uh, another penalty. But also, I watched him, right, I watched him closely on the penalty shootout. He took the first one. So again, fair enough at his age. Now people say, yeah, all the money he earns. But, you know, at his age, taking that first penalty, because Neymar in the, the group, they got knocked out. He was yeah. set the number five. He didn't even get to take a penalty. Yeah. He just looked so comp. There was no way he was going to miss that penalty. No, no. And I've never seen anyone look as confident. And he put all three penalties in the same spot. He did, yeah. He put them all on yeah. the left-hand side of Martinez. It's like he intentionally wanted to take the piss out of him. And yeah. also, can I just say, first player to score a hat-trick since Jeff Hurst. Yeah, that's right. And only yeah, the second yeah, yeah. player in history. But yeah, unbelievable performance. So this is the thing. I think that that's what it is. The difference between the legends, the superstars, is because in that moment, it doesn't matter whether or not there's 80,000 fans booing you or screaming your name or whatever it is. You are alone with that football and with that goalkeeper. And that's what he proved. And you know what? Mbappe must have gone into the changing room and said, lads, I just needed a little bit of fucking help today. <laughs> yeah. That's all I yeah. wanted was like a little yeah. bit of a contribution from all of you bastards. You know, also that he's taken a lot of flack. But remember, he, he won the World Cup at 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scored in the final as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he scored four goals. You know, it'd be interesting to see what happens to him in the next sort of 10 years now. Just the last couple of things from me on this. So obviously seeing Messi lift a trophy, there is there is something about it. I think a lot of people, even if you don't necessarily, well, if you don't like Messi, you, you either have to love Messi or Ronaldo. It's, it reminds me of there's a tweet that goes around sort of about the internet and how toxic people are. And it's like, if you say you like pancakes, it must mean you hate waffles or something yeah. like that. Do, 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 do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, I live in a world where I can like both of those players. So to see a player like that lift it, there is something quite nice about it. Yeah. Again, for me, it's just the football romanticism. Like, this is going to be controversial. Croatia and Morocco get into the semi-finals. I didn't like. I desperately wanted both of them to get battered because it's great for these minnow teams to have cup runs. Like, we love it, don't you? You see like a West Brom go deep into a cup final or you see whoever it is. Denmark last year at the Euros. But I want to see the best players in the world play each other. And there's an argument to be said that, well, those players have got there. So that's the way it is. Yeah, I agree. But Morocco played defensive football. Croatia played crap defensive football. It's not entertaining to watch. Would we have enjoyed seeing Brazil play Argentina more so than Croatia getting battered in that semi-final? Of course we would have. But for me, it was a case of I want to see the best players play each other and win things. And for me, Messi lifting the trophy. I love Cristiano Ronaldo. But the best player in the world, right? And and this is the thing. There's going to be a lot about that that whole goat debate. Lionel Messi is a more te- technically gifted footballer than Cristiano Ronaldo. It's just a fact. It's like how Maradona is a more technically gifted footballer than Pele. That's just the way it is. But yeah, it is just ro- football romanticism at its yeah. pinnacle, isn't it? Like seeing yeah. him lift that gold trophy, there is nothing more for him to achieve. That is... And this is the thing, it depends on the way that you look at football. If you look at football like a a layman and you think, oh, it's just a sport. Or if you look at football on international football the way that I do, because it's art, it's magic, it's 60 million people's hopes and dreams all on a person's shoulders. For Lionel Messi, that is the statues, that is legacy, that is the history books, that is him in instead of the picture of Jesus on the walls of Argentinians, <laughs> they they the, Jesus comes down and the picture of Lionel Messi goes up. That it's the replacement of Maradona. That's what it is. It's it's dreams. Well, for me, it's one of those things. It's like now it'll be it'll be for Ronaldo now, but it'll be if he didn't win it, it'll be well he never won the World Cup. He could be the best player, and I was talk about him as one of the best players, but he never won the World Cup. Yeah, do, do you yeah. Know what I mean? that's what it would have been so yeah I'm happy for that just a, a couple more things for me because I had the intention of this being a snack sized episode and it's gone into a full on episode 
I didn't realise that Salt Bay was an Argentinian uh, sub. <laughs> what a knobhead. What an utter dickhead. Like, oh my I didn't realize, God. Yes. So I didn't realise he was he was a sub for them. <laughs> it was just awkward as all folk. And he like full on posted them with chest like on his Instagram account as if no one would bat an eyelid. Like, motherfucker, who are you? Who are yeah, you? Like, yeah. why are you here? <laughs> tr- trying to drag Messi back, wasn't it? To get the p- picture of him. And then he does that salt thing on the tournament. I mean, on, on the trophy, you know, he did uh, his yeah. salt with it. I mean, Honestly, you, you could play a really good game where it's just like name a celebrity more random than Salt Bay to have been there, and I'd be like Ian Bill from yeah. EastEnders. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just the most random selection of celebrity, and and somebody described it, and they were like, "This is what this is what we do for modern celebs that come from the internet. We make them feel more important than they are. Yeah, like yeah. it is the biggest achievement in a footballer's lifetime to win the World Cup. Sometimes for your Spaniards, your and your your English fans, it's the biggest achievement of any football superstar in your country to have achieved that and he's turned around and taken viral videos of him pretending to spread salt on a trophy that he's not supposed to touch i've always had a problem with that because even before the tournament there was a promo that was filmed with a load of big players from each of the nations looking at the world cup the only players that touched it were mbappe because he won it four years ago and sergio ramos because he won it in 2010 None of the other players touched it because it's not yours to win. It's the reason that a player from the the winning team brings the trophy back to the tournament, um, the next tournament. It's the whole, like, because there's it's privilege. That's what it is. It, it's distasteful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and he's treated it like a fucking statue on his mantelpiece, like an utter weirdo. I think what it was, is not so much that he was on the pitch. It was he was making it about him. Yeah, yeah. Because if he was there just in amongst the celebrations and he was on there looking around taking pictures of everything, it's one thing. But yeah, he was trying to drag Messi back to take a picture with him. The salt thing on the trophy is making it about him. Yeah, yeah. And this moment isn't about you. And afterwards, if you've seen on his Instagram, right, he actually posted a video afterwards of him with Messi in one of his restaurants. I don't know whether or not this was after the World Cup. And I just thought to myself, I was like, you've posted that video to make it look like you and him are friends, exactly. but it's not his camera crew. It's not yeah. the friends that are with him that are taking yeah. videos of that. It's the people in your restaurant. He's come to eat in your restaurant because that's where big celebrities go. Every bastard in the world has and gone to And it's a photo op for thing. him. It's yeah, a photo op for Messi at yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Well. That's what he's doing. So for me, it's just like, no, you're not friends. He just turns around and pays for your overpriced steak. It's like turning around and like kfc workers taking pictures with you in while you're fucking in any other situation in any other restaurant or food establishment that you could picture that would be fucking weird like imagine going to your local pizzeria and the guy who makes the pizzas just comes out spins the dough with you and then sprinkles the pepperoni on the table in front of like it would just be weird like what are we doing weird weird what a knob the other couple of things from me is, yep, so you had the pie, but top scorer was Mbappe. So yeah. the top three scorers were Mbappe, Messi and Alvarez of Argentina. Top assisters, there weren't actually many in terms of that. I think group of players all got three, and that was Griezmann, Fernandez, Kane, Perisic and Messi. And there were only four, yellow, uh, four red cards in the tournament, which I think is quite good. Yeah, yeah, um, not bad. 2006, there was four red cards in that yeah. one Netherlands game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there was... Oh, there was one team. Was it Holland who did that cheeky free kick? Yeah, that was against the Argentinians to, to equalise, it was wasn't Holland, it? Yeah, yeah, where they just yeah. rolled it. Normally you take a shot and they just rolled yeah. it to the first player. So that was... And then, do you know what was hilarious is the, the Portuguese tried to do it in their game against Morocco to equalise and it was just intercepted immediately <laughs> by the Moroccan wall. It was such a hilarious fail. It was brilliant. Yeah, so, so that, that was it. So I think, firstly, uh, well done to you. I think you've done a bloody good 
good attempt at, at predicting that for, uh, from the start. And yeah, I think overall, it was an enjoyable tournament, wasn't it? Like I said, it had it all. It had goals, it had a few shocks, it had a few surprises. It There was entertainment and yeah, you couldn't have wanted a better final. Yeah, uh, yeah, but on, yeah, honestly, best final of all time. I think it was a really good tournament. It was awkward for us, obviously, because we're used to having them in the summer where you can watch the games outside yeah. in a beer garden or something. That was a little bit different. It felt weird having a World Cup final a week before Christmas. But yeah, it was a good tournament. It's just strange because we kind of, yeah, filtered immediately back into the, the football season. Can I ask you, though, would you begrudge another tournament happening at this time of year? Uh, I, I don't think I would. I don't think yeah. I would. I, I think what, I think what it does is I think it does take away from it because normally when a tournament happens in the summer it fills a bit of a gap. Yeah, yeah. You know, because normally the season finishes what in May and then it doesn't start till mid-August, so it, you you get a little bit of a, a football sort of a yeah. It, it fills in that gap between the start, the end, and the start. Oh, and like you said, and yeah, you could go out at night and you have a beer. You you, you go around. But that, I don't think I would. I think it's um, like we were saying, was it a good tournament? Because a lot of the teams were on form because they'd been playing in their leagues up to this moment. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so they were going into it on, fo- you know, on form anyway. Well, the Germans fucking weren't. <laughs> well, yeah, because you could argue it either way. Some some players missed out because they got injured before it yeah. because they were playing in the league. Some players are going to miss out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens now, for example, in the Premier League. So was it? Jesus got injured. He did, yeah. Arsenal, yeah. But no, I wouldn't. Would you? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd begrudge it. I think there's. I prefer it in the summer, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be um, mm. this time round. One thing I do have to say is, um, if there's any Australians listening to this, a big <laughs> credit to you guys because you guys were watching the games at fucking four o'clock in the morning where you were. I think Australia's <laughs> game, Australia's like last group game was three o'clock in the morning. And I saw the scenes wow. of the crowds at Melbourne. Wow. That is some fucking dedication. So big up to all the Australians that, that turned out to watch their team at four o'clock in the morning. We, I'll, I'll tag them in for you. I'll tag Australia in because we have, I have seen on the old listening map a couple more spots light up in Australia for us. So yeah, I big, don't know. Big up to all of our Australian well, I don't know listeners. if they're going to disappear after you had a go at, in the lottery episode, the Australian media and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah, so there you go. That was the World Cup review. Anything you want to say before? Because this is going to be the last episode of the the year, and we're going to get back into our normal type episode when we're back after the New Year. So, any anything from you? No, it was a really good way to uh, to end the year. I think with like a, a sporting event like that it was it was it was quite it's quite like cool one of those finish. year in reviews sporting yeah, reviews. yeah yeah it was <laughs> it was like finishing off the calendar year with a really cool tournament which was which was quite good but yeah no it was brilliant argentina finally finally lifted gold since maradona did it in 86 messi becomes they're considering putting him on um money if you've seen wow, in argentina wow. no. which is cool imagine that like you're a footballer and they're putting you on the fucking currency like we wouldn't have done that with beckham or magic rooney on the 10 pound note <laughs> yeah. All right, do, do I ask you to throw this at you then, this grenade that you write then? Does this settle then the debate between Messi and Ronaldo? I think that if we were... I really love Cristiano Ronaldo only because I like him being a bit more arrogant. I've always liked players like Zatan Ibrahimovic because of their characters. Messi is an extraordinary footballer. Like I said, I think technically he is a, the best footballer that's ever lived. In terms of like social impact as well, I think that he's there. I think that was there a debate to be had previous to this? He's won more awards. He's got a better game goal ratio. Messi was probably clear anyway. I think that this finishes the debate in the context of, you know, the greatest player of all time. However, 
you know, if you look at the impact that Cristiano Ronaldo's had, and that's the thing for me, like, I think I like Cristiano Ronaldo more because he's had a cult, like, as a person or as a, a player, I guess, he's had more of a cultural impact. Like, he speaks English in his thing, so he's easier to relate to, isn't he? Yeah. And when you look at Portugal, prior to Ronaldo playing football, Portugal had only qualified for two tournaments in their history, and they have qualified for every single World Cup tournament since he's played football. Like, there's a lot to be said because no one thought Portugal were a big team in the 90s yeah. because they weren't. But yeah. now you don't want to play Portugal because Cristiano Ronaldo has elevated that entire nation. So for me, I will. All, I, I like both players. I think Messi is the best that has ever lived. I think that yeah. Maradona is a second and Ronaldo maybe comes in third in that debate. But yeah, in terms of impact and, and footballing impact, I think Cristiano Ronaldo's has probably been astronomical this is what it is for me i think of the two i love them both difference for me is messi seems to be a bit more of a quiet player if you know what i mean and ronaldo is all it seems to all be about impact and i think it's that arrogance which some people will think arrogance i i think it's confidence yeah i agree and he just wants to do it all the time if you know what I mean, I think there's, yeah. you know, I think that's the difference between the two of them. He comes across as a lot of people don't like Ronaldo because he's not messy in terms of temperament. Yeah. Now, I would say, does this settle the debate is always a difficult one because it's all about the team you play with as well. I don't it's think anyone's true, yeah. ever, you know, who's going to think Portugal, like you've just said, basically, no one would ever have had Portugal to potentially win a World Cup. No. But Argentina, you you think, with the history, you think they would do it at some point. Well, historically, Argentina have always been a successful national team. They've won 13 Copa Americas. They've won two World Cups before Messi. Him being a part of an Argentina team that won one wasn't going to be a surprise for me. They've already played in another final because Argentina have always produced amazing footballers. When you look at the Argentinians, you could probably pick a World eleven that could of just Argentinians that could compete with any team that has ever existed. When you look at Portuguese players historically, Eusebio in the 60s, Deco, Figo... Paulo Futre, and that's it. And then Cristiano Ronaldo. You can't pick the superstars that existed because he changed a generation of Portuguese players. And I think that moving forward, he's probably the inspiration for kids in Portugal training harder because they want to be him. I think that 20 years from now, the effect that Ronaldo's had on Portugal will mean that Portugal remain one of the top footballing nations as opposed to dissipating again. Because you look at the kids that have come out, like your Jao Felixes, Bruno Fernandes is a bit younger. Um, Rafael Leal has come um, like huge strides with Milan. They are producing world-beating talent now. And they weren't doing that in the 90s. They weren't doing that. Well, let's see. Watch his space. Watch his space. So um... Um, one last thing, ending on a hot take. Um, I predicted Argentina to win this tournament. Can we just accept that? No, it's not a hot take. I said I think you've done, you did bloody well. I think it was through the groups and your predictions there. So next tournament, I'm coming for you for some accumulators. Hey, I'm going to predict next tournament. It's going to be France winning the next tournament. It will be three World Cups in a row with two wins from three finals. It will be France. And the only reason I say that is because the French had about 12 first team players <laughs> or six first team players around. No Benzema, no Pogba, no Kante. I and just want French players are really good, but just very, very young. I just want to say to our listeners, we do not offer betting advice. Uh, <laughs> however, I, I, I'm going to be following Lou's advice in the next tournament. <laughs> we're going right. to get we're going to get next episode. Hi, welcome to an episode of Casting View, sponsored by Paddy Power. <laughs> <laughs> right, we have to go. Anything for anyone listening? Anything you want to say before we go? No, no, I think I've, I'm, I'm all well cupped out, all footballed out. If you don't like soccer or football, 
hopefully you're still with us. So thank you for sticking with this episode. We, like I said, we'll be back. I'm not sure when we'll be back, if it's going to be like the first or second week of January. Um, Keep an eye on social media. I have got an idea for a theme month, which Lou, I've got to tell you about, but I've got an idea for a theme month to come back with. So we'll have a look at that. Do If you like what you hear, please do subscribe, leave a rating or a review where possible. It does mean a lot to us. You can get us at Casting Views on Twitter or castingviewspod at gmail.com. Do drop us a note if you want to be on the show, you've got a suggestion for a topic or you just want to say hello. And we know there are a lot of podcasts from which you can choose. So we thank you for listening to Casting Views. Two, three, four. If I want your opinion I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, cause you need.